It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Jason David Frank, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. You've just jumped inside the pull bag. Join TFG1 Mike and the rest of the comic crew here at the GCRN as they make their great escape into comics. From DC, Marvel, and Image to IDW, Boom Studios, and Xenoscope, we have everything right here. We cover things like Transformers, He-Man, Superheroes, TMNT, and Radiant Black. Yeah, we have all that and so much more. It's all inside the pull bag here on the GeekCast Radio Network. So, without further ado, it's time to talk about the comics we're reading right now. Here inside the pull bag. Today on Power Rangers. Hello and welcome to the pull bag. This is episode 416. That's right, 416 episodes, folks. Holy crap. It is quite possibly and most likely the longest podcast I have ever done. I am, of course, TFG and Mike, and joining me once again for a second week in a row is Mr. Jesse Raz. Hello, sir. Uh, that's Gold Ranger Jesse Raz to you. Uh huh. That's just the color you pick today. Tomorrow you'll be the Pink Ranger. Well, I'm working on a Gold Ranger helmet currently, so we're going to go with that for a while, at least until I get that one finished. There you go. There you go. And we are here to talk about Boom Studios' next arc for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series that they have done. And the next (laughs) arc... I warned you! I warned you! You know what? It's one of those things that... (laughs) If I start something, I either need to finish it or forget about it. And I, everything that has led up to this has been so good. There have been moments where we may have not liked something or whatever. Oh, for sure. But from episode from episode from issue zero to issue thirty, and then the shattered grid one shot, mm-hmm. everything had been so well done. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's probably a few things in there that, you know, whatever. But overall, the overall product has been good. And yes, you did warn me, but uh, apparently nobody should go beyond the grid. Well, so what ends up happening is, so the massive battle for the grid wraps up. Yeah. Um, which, which you know, insane, you know, again, not without its criticisms there, but for the most part, it's insane. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's very well received. It's very well done, especially by fandom and everything else. Well, then um, we change writers. Yep. Marguerite Bennett is the writer on Beyond the Grid, and Beyond the Grid is issues 31 to 39. And I will say at the beginning of this, this concept, this idea 
on paper is not a bad idea. It's kind of a cool, intriguing idea. Yeah. And, and so what that is, is that due to the events that wrapped up Shattered Grid, um, the group of uh, Power Rangers that are rescued from Draken's, you know, prison and stuff that are on the Promethea. Yeah. Uh, some of them have Morphers, some of them don't. And they all don't necessarily know each other. They're thrown off into this splinter universe that doesn't have access to the Morphing Grid. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So on its face, like that sounds like a very cool kind of story. Yeah. What happened is just a very sort of fledgling. It goes here. It goes there. There was never really, in, in my opinion, the problem with this is there's never really like a unified direction. They just kind of him haw and there's a lot of background filler. Issues. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit here and say that Tommy Oliver is the end all be all best ranger ever. But, but you will. But let's face it. You know, it's one of those things where in that first arc, because as you said, you actually said this off air that, and I love that it was done this way. I'm not saying anything against Kyle Higgins or anything mm-hmm. like that. He's one of my favorite reasons, single-handedly one of my, if not my number one favorite modern comics writers currently, but let's face it from issue zero to issue 30, that was him fanboying in a really good way, not a bad way. It isn't like, I don't want to sit here and say it, but like, you took Tommy, you took it in a different direction. You made this, you know, Kyle Higgins made us the adult mm-hmm. Power Rangers story that we have always craved. And I personally feel that you could only have done it in comics. You cannot oh, do yeah. what he well, did in the I show. Will say, I will say in some ways that's harder than what Marguerite had been, had to do. In some ways it was easier because what he was doing is he was taking an arc that he kind of wrote and fill and along the way filling in some of the details to what Power Rangers the TV show already gave us. So a lot of the right. a lot of the major stuff was already there. He just kind of pieced a lot of things together. This is a completely different New story thing. Yeah. That's not been told with a bunch of different characters and not. So in other ways, this was a bigger, this is a bigger risk. This is a bigger gamble. And mm-hmm. what the potential was, if you look at some of the characters that were in this storyline were for us to get a better understanding. And again, a deeper backstory that you're not going to get in a, in a children's show. Yeah. Um, and some that we already do kind of care about. The problem, I think, arises in their selection of the cast of characters. And this isn't, like, me not liking them. I just think you needed... You didn't need a Tommy Oliver, but you needed a... It's like in a movie. You need a name kind of attached here. And I don't think Ranger Slayer Kimberly or Andros were quite enough on their own. No. And I, I don't need... Like, so the team here is... Andros from space, from Power mm-hmm. Rangers in space, is the Red Ranger. Magna Defender Mike, Leo's brother mm-hmm. from Lost Galaxy, is the Magna Defender. Heckle is the Blue Ranger, whoever the hell Heckle is. And I know you'll tell me who Heckle is because I have not watched Dino Charge. Yeah. 
He is from Dino Charge. He is sort of the redeemed bad guy that take. Yeah, so he's he's from he's Dino essentially Charge. the Tommy. Not really Tommy, but he's the Green Ranger under well, a spell kind of thing. No, no, he was a so he had some of that, but he was a sort of redeemed bad guy. He and, and Ranger Slayer Kimberly both have that sort of that cover yeah. and have that and that kind of colors their relationship, which was it which was one of the more interesting parts of this series. But then yeah. but continue. And then you have Ranger Slayer Kimberly, who I absolutely love and I want to read more of. You'll get a little uh, bit more, don't worry. No, I know. Uh, and then you have Cam Watanabe from Ninja Storm. And then you have Tanya from Zeo. Tanya was right before or right after Aisha? Or yeah. How did that go? I, well, so uh, when they got made big again, when they got brought yeah. back to the adults, when they uh, <laughs> achieved their uh, Zeo crystals, uh, Tanya, who's had like maybe uh, six months experience being a veterinarian, thinks she can help. Um, with this African plague, so she gives Tanya right. So a, she gives I, 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 yep. yeah. So she gives her zeo crystal piece and sends her back in her place. And uh, and yeah. yeah, I like Tanya. I like her a lot in this. I think it's cool. I think it's great that we're seeing more of her because, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, in the show, she only had like less than five minutes. I mean, really, honestly. Yeah. And, and um, she, her, like, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this in any bad way, but that's the kind of how they treated her on the show. They just kind of substituted her in for Aisha and there was mm-hmm. not a lot of difference in there. You know, Aisha kind of had a funkiness, you know, boogie with the bear that Tanya didn't, but otherwise <laughs> she was the pink Ranger's best friend. Um, she, you know, we didn't really get a lot of explanation as to who she was living with other than she was sort of living with Kat's family. You know, we didn't get a lot on here. So, so her backstory and then her relationship with Mike was, was again, one of the high points. Yes, um, absolutely. What I'll say though is, cause if it were me, if I were going to su- look at this cast of characters and sub someone out, I would probably sub out Andros for maybe someone like a, uh, an Adam Park. Mm-hmm. Now you can pick Adam from Turbo, from Zeo, or from um, Mighty Morphin. Mighty Morphin, um, but I think a you get the le- the same kind of leadership experience you get from Andros. Mm-hmm. But we but the problem with Andros is is we know all about his backstory already. Yeah, that's the that's, thing. That was yeah. all of what Power Rangers in Space was. So, like, mm-hmm. we're no, we're not interested. We know enough about him that we're the you know. There's a little bit of interestingness with him and Corone being together as brother and sister, but we don't care. We already know this. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we know a lot about Adam Park, but this is a, a, a character that is probably a lot more popular than Andros is to the fan base. Oh, easily. With with one line, he is more popular than Andros. Get to be a frog. He doesn't usually get a lot of time to shine. No. So this is an area where he, you know, you take him maybe at Zeo, or maybe, you know, depending on where he's been picked off, you know, I mean, you can pick, Mm -hmm. but then you get more of that. Yeah. Um, and it makes for a little bit more interesting storytelling. I think that was the, the big flaw with, with Andros there. Yeah. And again, and because I've kind of, I 
I have and I have not read ahead, folks, because mm-hmm. later on this year, because this episode won't actually be out until June or mm-hmm. later in June. Later on this year, you and I are going to tackle, um, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, we're actually going to go back and tackle Power Rangers Pink, which is the story mm-hmm. all about oh. regular Kimberly. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. We're going to do the psychopath. The psychopath was a better, like, that's why I love Corone mm-hmm. slash Astronomer in this, because the, when I read the psychopath, I'm like, holy crap, they did so good with that. We'll get well, to that later on in the year, like, but. But, like, that's that's the thing that I think, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody that likes mm-hmm. Power Rangers, but I think the, the appealing part of the comic series is is we get more details and more backstory of characters that we knew to love, that we grew to love, but we never got because it's a children's show. Yeah. So like, so again, that's why I think Andros was a wasted opportunity there because we already know about that. And Caron's, as far as Caron's backstory, which we don't get a lot more of character, we get a little bit more character driven stuff from her here, but like we get more of that in the psychos path. Yeah. So again, that's an opportunity that you could have put in another ranger that might have been a little bit more popular, but also not always given their time to shine. Or hell, TJ's in this. Yeah. Bump TJ up there and give TJ more of a leading role. Yeah, than, make him the Red Ranger again. Yeah, make it instead of Andros and have Andros be on the back, you know, uh, on the back burner a little bit. So, yeah. So just off the, off the, uh, out of the gate, like the casting kind of was a little <laughs> problematic for me with that. Yeah, I know you've told me off air you're not the biggest fan of the art in this. The one thing I'll say for the art is the colors. Oh my god, the colors mm-hmm. are amazing. Well, the color, like, it is beautiful. 31 through 39 of, of mm-hmm. this arc is absolutely beautiful. From the covers, the, the layouts, all that stuff. But it is also very confusing. When you've got these new and different worlds that have different properties from our universe, from a universe that's very different, um, when you're on a giant Zeo crystal, like it just, it's the layout of everything is a little dis- disconcerting. And sometimes it's hard to follow. And so yeah. it's like when you've got a storyline that is already confusing, you've got aliens that you're, you're meeting for the first time, and you've got a whole universe with different physics it makes it a little bit jarring for the reader and kind of a little bit you get a little eye fatigue i guess too Mm -hmm. from trying to bounce around a lot um so it is very pretty i mean it's very it's very visually appealing but as far as everything else it's not my favorite yeah and i gotta say you know we start off and what i love about and i don't know if this is throughout i, th- I want to say it's throughout the whole of the the trades mm-hmm. i don't know because i haven't bought past this trade i haven't bought volume 11 12 13 or 14 yet but i will mm-hmm. eventually um i love that the uh, in the trades how they separate the, the like the end of an issue is the white and purple lightning, yeah. you know, mighty Morphin lightning bolt. And then like it says here, chapter five, which I assume is issue 35, it's a mm-hmm. purple cover, but then you're brought into the story and you have these dark colors and then, you know, they're on the Promethea in the void. So we're continuing that story. And you have Heckle here telling us his backstory and we go to mm-hmm. Sentai six and it's like, 
holy crap, who turned on the lights? Because that first page, um, when we get to Sentai 6 in the flashback, it's like, wow, that's bright. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, so before we go on any further, do we want to just kind of gloss over what the basic storyline is? Sure. Um, so, you know, we start off, we're stuck in an, another universe. We're on a ship, which would be, which is Promethea. Which, which we, eventually will be Terravenger. Exactly. Which is kind of a cool little tidbit. Um, mm-hmm. We reminded that, um, that it's being powered by the green psycho dagger. Also really cool. And it's basically running out of power. You find out they're cut. There is no morphing grid here. So Rangers are running out of power. And then we meet an alien. Well, we meet a couple of aliens. Um, we meet, um, who is it? What is her name? I can't see. That was the other thing. Like I kept, uh, Alarian. And mm-hmm. the other one is Remy. Yep, Remy. Yep. One of them is sort of a mysterious Power Ranger whose kind of powers go in and out. We find out that she has this item called the Solarix, which I feel like we've heard that before. Uh, side note with the Solaris Knight, in, yep. um, which is which was a little similar to me, and I kept getting confused. They're not related, but it always thought it. I was I was kept trying to remind myself, no, it's not. Um, but anyway, so we meet her. We come to find out that. She's the only Power Ranger here. You know, she eventually, we learn that she can, she, that thing sucks up morphing energy. And so then she eventually shares. So people get their powers restored. Then they become solar rangers. Mm-hmm. We end up on a giant Zeo crystal, which was kind of cool. We learned a little bit about the origins of the Zeo crystal. Um, meanwhile, we have this bad guy who is the Praetor who seems like he is trying to bring about the end of this universe. Cause we find out this universe is dying without a yeah. morphing grid. Um, we find out he is basically a falling morphin master that stayed behind when this area was, this universe was severed from the main universe. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but it's not like, like in Shattered Grid and the volumes before it, I was on the edge of my seat trying mm-hmm. to figure out what the like the the when when we talked about Shattered Grid last week when we talked about some of the cliffhangers like when one of the issues ends with Draken basically cutting in and, and stepping out of out of the prison because he cuts back into his world and he just leaves mm-hmm. kind of thing like that was a cliffhanger. They're really. <laughs> the best part for me in this entire thing. And this is so sad is the fact that Tanya and Mike hook up sort yeah. of, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I like, I like that idea. And that was one thing that was kind of carried over from, um, shattered grid because mm-hmm. like Jason and the red samurai ranger, uh, was it Emily? No. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it wasn't, it, but, but yeah. they, they kind of have a brief romance and it's this sort of like wartime romance kind of thing. And yeah. so, you know, I like seeing Rangers of other teams interacting. Yeah, that is always very cool. It just, it has to, and I'm not adverse to not learning about new characters, but I still don't care about that crow. 
Mm-hmm. After reading this twice, I could give a shit less about Heckle. Really? I see. Yeah. I liked it. And it's okay. I don't know. I'm just biased towards the characters that mm-hmm. I like. And like I said, you know, obviously we are going to get more from Ranger Slayer down the line. Mm-hmm. I like that they. She's here, but like you said earlier, we could probably use somebody else. But again you're trying to bridge everything from the end of shattered. So it's like, Oh, well, these are the characters we have to work with. Yes. There are plenty that they could have like, like we already said, we could have substituted anyone for Andros. Hell, we could have substituted, um, um, Cole from wild force for Andros or whatever. No, I I know, I know, I know. (laughs) That's my point though. Like, well, like you already said, we already know Andros's story. We already know all of that. And, but damn these. So like the other question I have though, too, is did you really understand the ending? (laughs) The fact that the two girl Rangers are going to live in, in, in harmony on the new Zeo crystal or something. Well, but like, so they, so they end up, the solution is they end up merging or basically reconnecting that universe back into the to, morphing grid. Problem. To the grid. Right. Yep. And, it. but it ends kind of, I don't want to say ambiguity, but like the, the ship goes back and they get home, but like, how does that work? Do they go back to their times? We don't really get a clear explanation. It's just very like sort of out there. So do these people exist in their own separate timeline now. Like, how does that I was, a li- yeah. I was a little dissatisfied and it felt like that, like, and I feel like from what I've read that there was some of this that like, okay, it's not selling. It's not popular. We just need to write an ending and move on. And that's kind of what it felt like. And the thing of it is, is if it wasn't selling and I don't know, I'm not looking at any information. I have no clue. I'm not looking at boom studios or anything like that. No clue. And I, I mean, they, so Folks, there is an end point to this Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series. It ends at issue yeah. 55 or 56 or 57, which sucks, but they're rebooting it or whatever, restart, you know, well, doing two new and different series. And I feel like based on that move, and again, I've just read internet rumors. I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah, know this to we're be not, true. I don't yeah. know this to be true, but like, I feel like part of that was because of the decline in sales mm-hmm. because of this art. Um, and I don't you could be right because like I said I have not read past this yet at this point I mean I've read some of the like as of this recording for what we will do in the future uh, in October November whenever mm-hmm. it is I've read the psychopath already because I wanted to make sure I got a little preamble for that I've read we are also going to be doing sins of the future so I've read the two graphic novels that they've done excellent which one is, uh, which one is sins of the future time force Jen and Wes I gotta, and I got to think back and see if I've read that one or not. I don't, if, okay. if I did, if I did, it's not standing out, but like, um, but like I've read, if I haven't read that, I've pretty much read everything else. Soul of the dragon. Yeah. Soul of the dragon. We covered, was that was the first thing we covered way back when in mm-hmm. 2018, I think, yeah. but it's one of those things where, yeah, it, it feels like a rushed ending. It feels like, like the and last two went home to his planet. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the last two pages here are essentially the the yellow and the blue Solar Ranger, you know, living, you know, 
it's a star. A star is born. You know, Ed McMahon on Star Search. Finally, hope well, is hope and, in the darkness. And well, and it again, like I, I realized when I said earlier what the synopsis was. I was like, man, that, that even to me who's read this, that sounds really good. Um, yeah. The problem with like Elorian and and um, was it uh, Remy is yeah. or Ari and Remy. Uh, yeah. I don't care about them. Like, and yeah. I wanted to, and I like it just invested, investing in them as a character. Like it just like that romance. I wanted to be invested in that. I wanted that romance, but there were times where I wasn't a hundred percent sure that that was a romance. And yeah, it's a I little weird. I don't know if that's some hesitancy because they're a same sex romance. Like, and this is power Rangers, even though it's power Rangers comic book. Like, I don't know what that was, but like, it just, Again, it was like that's a group of characters that are essential to this story that we don't know that we need to care about. And I didn't find myself caring about them as much as I wanted to. I think the misstep here, and it has nothing to do with the fact that they're a same-sex romance. I don't care. Like, fine. I know you You don't. And I just don't know if that was... Right. But what I'm saying... There's some thought there. Like, no. No, absolutely. There is thought there. The problem is it's not about the fact that it's a same-sex romance. It's about the fact that we, again, going back to what we said earlier already, we don't really know the characters. Coming out of yeah. Shattered Grid going into this, you hobble together a mismatched team of various rangers. Some we know, some we – I mean, at least yeah. me personally, like I said, I, I didn't know who the hell Heckle and Jekyll were. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, like, how about – Introducing the story to us of going beyond the grid and being lost in this void mm-hmm. by showing us these characters first and, you know, or not even do not even saying beyond the grid, not even doing this story yet. Maybe mm-hmm. there should have been a smaller story like issue, yeah. like you said earlier, issue 31 to 33, where we learn about Ari and... Remy or whatever. Well, and, and like, or maybe, cause see, that's the other thing. Like it's a lot to introduce two characters and then also like try to introduce this romance, this love story. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't have that. Maybe don't have them already together. Maybe they meet along the way and that kind of blooms toward the end. Like it's just, like I said, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't, well well drawn out um for me like i individually like they're fine and it just it was like it almost seemed like a plot device like oh we're just gonna throw this romance in there um same sex or not which for the record i don't have a problem with but i don't either like but you know when i look for reasons as to why like why isn't this clearly defined Maybe there was hesitancy on their part. Shouldn't have been, but maybe there was. Maybe there maybe there wasn't. Maybe I'm just making up that excuse and it was just bad, right? I don't know. I'm just saying that maybe maybe that could be a reason for it. But I just think they're trying to do an awful lot in this arc, and maybe it was supposed to be longer than yeah. having two characters that were supposed to be introduced to, supposed to like, supposed to be upset if they die. And having a romance that you're told between them, and you're also having a romance between um, Mike and Tanya, but also there's a little bit of budding, sort of something, something between uh, Kimberly and Heckle. Like, there's a lot of things. Plus, you have the brother sister dynamic between yeah. Andros and Caron. Like, all of that is a lot, and we're only talking about eight issues. 
Yeah. And it just... And it's like, a monthly. Yeah. This is eight months of comics, folks, and it just does not feel like it needed to be... Like, okay, you take, let's say, 31 to 33, 34 to 37, and then 38 and 39, or whatever, however you want to split mm-hmm. that up. And you take this entire team and create if, – if you want to do the soap opera thing, because personally that's what I think they did here is the soap opera no, thing. Well, and, it, and you know what, though? It makes sense, though. You're stuck on a ship in the middle of nowhere. You're, mm-hmm. you're scared. You're, you, I mean, all of this stuff would have happened. It's just a lot to unfold over eight issues when we haven't really gotten a lot of this team together. Like you almost kind of need a – a whole like issue of things going okay before they go to shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like split up the, 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 like introduce the team to us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Some of us know who Mike Andros, um, Ranger Slayer, Kimberly cam, you know, some of us know those characters and that's all well, good and fine. But if you want to, you know, in the middle of this, introduce other characters. We need to be introduced to them. And I just felt like they were thrown in there mm-hmm. and given a happy ending. And whoop, we're going to put a nice little bow on it. And like the other thing is, so even though, so like I know Cam, I know, um, I know Mike, I know Tanya, but do you know them in the comic book world? Because those characters are a little bit different. They're a little bit more fleshed out Mm -hmm. here and there. So do you really know them? Because really the only ones that we've kind of gotten any exposure to in the comic books would be Ranger Slayer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've gotten a little bit of Andros, which Andros hasn't really changed, but you know, but you know, in Heckle, we're getting a whole backstory on him. So I don't know. I, there are a lot. This should have been a little bit more character driven than it was plot driven, and they tried to scre- to squeeze both in there. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've kind of we've kind of pulled this apart about things we didn't like. What did you like about this? I I liked the 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 couplings of like like we said, Mike and Tanya, and then that kind of thing. I, like I said, I love the colors. The colors when they are not so blindingly white sometimes. Um, I really love the colors. I thought that was great. I love the fact that you put them in a, essentially a dead universe. Uh, and great idea. It, yeah. you know, that's a cool thing. A disconnected universe from the grid. Like, Oh, this is a universe that was on the grid, but now not so much. So we got to figure out what the heck we can do to blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I liked that. At the end of the day, though, it's probably going to get a two and a half or a three out of five for me. Wow. Well, yeah. Be- before we get there, what, so like, here's another problem, and I'll and I'll pull this aside, and then I'll get to to what I really liked about it because there are some stuff I really liked about this. Um, the one problem, so I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Yes, you are. One problem people have when jumping into a Green Lantern series or even in the movie is the Green Lantern's powers are very sort of ambiguous. He gets it from this green energy from this giant battery that is supposed to be willpower. But how does that work? 
And so like one thing Jeff Johns really did in his run was he really defined what that power is. So it's yep. very easy for someone new to get in here. We still haven't really defined very well what the morphing grid is. We defined yeah. it enough for the shattered grid. And so for us to really get a piece on this, but we really do a deep dive into what the morphing grid is, where it came from here. And we don't do a good enough job in defining that as sort of a character in this universe for us to really grasp what the stakes are, right? Yep, Mike, did I lose you? No, no, I'm here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it, the, uh, there's too many potatoes and not enough steak in this thing. And so, and that's, and that's really hard. And I could see some hesitancy in, in doing that. But now to the things that I really liked about this, um, for the most part, I like the cast. I, I like Mike. I thought, you know, giving him some survivor's guilt. I thought that was a great character choice that very much made sense for him. Um, I like, it, you know, Tanya's opportunity to shine. Tanya as being like shown as a healer. I thought that very much made sense in her um, sort of brief, what, what little we were given from the show. I thought that was a very uh, smart choice by the writers to give her that sort of role, especially when dealing with Mike. Um, right. I, I liked Heckle's struggle with his redemption and how he interacted with Kimberly and her struggle in that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cam kind of fell back into his, well, I'm the tech guy kind of thing. So we, I don't feel like we got much more from him. Um, we got a little bit more humor out of him, which was kind of nice. Yeah. And Andros, we didn't get much out of. Uh, Carone, I didn't think we got a whole lot of lot out of. Um, you mean Kimberly? Uh, Carone's Carone, not no. in this. Carone's in this. Is she? Yes. No, I Car forgot. Carone's not power, but she kind of deals with that a little bit. Yeah, oh, Carone's in this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the the tech support. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. Because dealing, uh, yeah. You know, because because you know one of the the hurdles that we had to deal with, and it's a carryover from Shattered Grid, is yep. we have. And Andrew's still looking for a Carone. And then, you know, Carone, they're indifferent. Yes, they're together, but they're not the same time uh, mm. stuff. Um, you know, so we have these. We deal a little bit with Grace. We get a little bit of her in there. So, I mean, the cast is good. I think it could have been much better. Yeah. Uh, I will say, since the end of Shattered Grid... I'm really cut. Like at first I was like, grace, ugh, whatever. I liked her on her mission, like back in 1969 on the moon. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fine. But once, you know, we meet her and Promethean and all that, I was like, Oh no, here's another, uh, here's another 
Rita stand in kind of thing. And I just didn't really care for her in this though. I loved grace. I thought she was great. Yeah. yeah. I've really come around to the grace uh, character. I think they've done quite a bit with her throughout and giving her a vehicle to sort of shine. And I, but I do think she's a little underserved here because she, she is, yeah. is a leader. And mm-hmm. this would be a great opportunity for her as a non-powered Power Ranger to still take more of a leadership role. And while she does sort of lead the ship, while everybody else is off being Power Rangers, I think they could have explored that a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I certainly would have read that more. So I do like the cast of characters in that. Um, you know, I think it's a very pretty I don't, uh, book as far as, you know, your colors. Um I like the concept of the story. And one thing that I freaking love because I'm begging and pleading and just, I would kill for this. <laughs> I do like some backstory on the freaking Zeo crystal. <laughs> it's I so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. You mentioned that because I remember I messaged you and I said, here, look, here's a sixth ranger video talking about the no. Zeo powers. <laughs> And, and, you know, like, I love the idea of a fallen Morphin Master, which mm-hmm. we kind of got something yeah. of here and there. You know, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool because we just learned who the Morphin Masters are. We get a little bit more backstory on there. Um, you know, so I liked that attempt at that, but I just was left unsatisfied with... You know, it was like, we're going to throw this in there, but we're not going to give you a lot because, well, if we give you a lot, that might change things. We might be held to some some things for continuity. And so, you know, I felt I felt kind of teased. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how they do it around here. I mean, again, you know, which is fine. You don't have to give me every answer. Um, yeah. But, you know, I didn't. I just felt like the whole thing was sort of an appetizer and I didn't feel full by the end of it with this storyline. Whereas with like Shattered Ark, everything kind of came together for the most part. And this, I think Beyond the Grid was a good opportunity to tie up many loose ends that might've been left there. And they just sort of like, instead of tying them up, they just ran away from them. Yeah, they kind of did. Like I said, they basically put a, a bow on it and said, Oh, it's done. Bye. Yeah. Like, I almost feel, and I, I, I'm glad we didn't do this because, I mean, I think we have had a good discussion with this. And like I said, once I start something, I generally have to finish it in order. Uh, kind of, let's, before I go where I'm going to go with this, um, what would you rate this zero to five? Um, hold on one second. There we go. Nope. Sorry, I was plugging my laptop in. Okay. Um, okay, so. Zero to five, five being the best, one being the worst, or zero being the worst, right? Yep. Um, if you'd asked me this right after we recorded Shattered Grid, I would have probably given it a two. Um, but I will give it a three, just because if you're a fan of some of these characters, like Tanya or Mike, it is worth the, or, or even Heckle. It is kind of worth going through because you get those little bit of delicious moments. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that this is a must read. Like I would almost rather this be just instead of an arc in the overall Power Rangers, maybe a spinoff. 
Right. Like I think honestly, I think this would have been better served if they had done with this like they had done with Psycho's Quest um, or um, even like the, you know, so, Spirit of the Dragon or whatever. Um, and just made this, we're going to put this out all at once. We're not going to make this a monthly. This will just be a separate addendum to what's there and then move on with the story as you're going to move on with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Three out of five. It's There are things to like in this. There are characters to like in this. Just the overall story of and how it was presented and told, I don't think worked. So, as I said a second ago, we probably could have just went from Shattered Grid to... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume 11 because the Power Rangers are back in Angel Grove with the White Ranger as their leader. But what happened to the team after they defeated Lord Draken? And what does the White Ranger's first appearance mean for the future of the team? The new series creative team of writer Ryan Parrott from Google Power Rangers and artist Danielle DiNucoloco. I'm probably screwing your name up. I'm sorry. (laughs) From Shattered Grid begin a bold new era as those answers and more shocking secrets are revealed for the very first time. This collects 40 through 43. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't even bought it yet. Dude, you're, you're in, in, let me, I will not spoil anything, but I will say one of the biggest MMPR twists in the show, Mm -hmm. they finally address it. And it's a very, (laughs) it's a very interesting way to do it. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. That's why I love, again, that's why I loved Kyle's first whole, you know, his first 30 issues where, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, this episode where, you know, he was doing the whole thing of taking from the show, but still crafting his own path. That's what he does well. If you ever read uh, Batman Beyond 2.0, Mark of the Phantasm, you know, Mm -hmm. he did that well there. And I don't know when we're going to get to these folks because the pullback is a lot of stuff going on. And Jesse's right. a very busy radio personality over there in eh. Louisville, Kentucky. You know, very, very popular. But after that, we get to volume 12. A shocking traitor is revealed as the all-new Omega Rangers, Jason, Zach, and Trini. Spoiler. must turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I had already seen it's, this. So no, it's out there. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it's, you know. Must turn to the Mighty Morphin team to face the threat they never expected. But even as old friends and new allies join forces, can they put aside their mistrust to defeat an enemy with the mission to destroy every Power Ranger in existence? Are they redoing Shattered Grid already? Yikes. Uh, New York Times. We'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. New York Times bestselling author Ryan Parrott and artist Danielle DiNuluco deliver the next jaw-dropping chapter of the Power Rangers Necessary Evil Epic Event. That changes everything you thought you knew about the Power Rangers. Collects Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 44 to 47. Now, see, that's not bad. 41 to 43. 40 to 43, so that's four issues. Yeah, four issues is fine. Eight issues in one go, that's a little much. That's like... I don't know. I feel like this could have been longer. If had it if it had been told right, like oh boy, you know, but you know what I'm saying, like you could have you could have 
structured the story longer or differently, and you could have probably gotten an, a better story told with a little, you know, if they'd gone 10, mm-hmm. um, you know, or again, made it like, okay, this is going to be a finite trade by itself. It's a standalone, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying it. Here's what I need from Power Rangers. And this is a guy who still collects the Zords, who still tries to keep up on the show. You know, I, there's, I miss some stuff, but, um, give me an MMPR monthly, whatever, you know, put it right now, white Rangers there. So we got thunder Zords, we got all that, you know, do with it what you will in that. But then yep. use that use that second series though to address some other seasons, you know, because the problem with Power Rangers is that anybody that's ever watched that show, you know, the season they start with is usually their favorite. Not always, but usually the one that they have the strongest ties to. So if you started with Wild Force, <laughs> most people are pretty tied to what you know, you're gonna be kind of yeah. You know, but like it allows you to do like let's say six issue arcs, where like again, for example, just off the top of my head, you can explain the Zeo to Turbo transition. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can address some of those big kind of lingering questions that we've had forever about certain series that the show just wouldn't wouldn't get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, and if there's a series that doesn't really have that, then you know what, you don't really need to address that, but there's enough out there that you can do that and still pay fan service to whoever. And would probably still be interesting enough to someone who, you know, like you, who's like, well, I never saw Dino charge. So I don't care if the storytelling's good. You might. That's the problem. I don't think Bennett did a good enough job with that character to grab somebody like me who has not seen Dino Charge. Like And, and really he if there was a character that you were gonna get emotionally invested in from that mm-hmm. season, it's him. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean it really yeah. it really he's the probably the most interesting one on there um as far as like backstory and stuff. You know, I would think he would he would be the best one. But you know, again, that's the hard part is you're talking, you know, thirty plus years of uh, 30, you know, all this continuity and you got people that jump in, jump out. And you'd like to think that, um, you know, everybody is, likes it all, but you know, there's a reason that the, the first major arc of power Rangers was the Tommy Oliver show. That's, that's where the majority of your conventional fandom is. MBMPR is still the number one, as far as seller. That's why when uh, Hasbro took over the toys they did more MMPR stuff because I mean mm-hmm. it's it sells. I mean that's why. But I think there are opportunities. I mean even if you're doing if they do it with the trades, like I love what they're doing with the trades. You know we're gonna de- devote it to you know you could do that with a series too. I think you know you don't have yeah. to necessarily have two concurrent MMPR series going. I don't know how you sustain that. Yeah, I don't know how you sustain it either, um, but they're doing it. I mean, they have Mighty Morphin and they have Power Rangers mm-hmm. or whatever the two new ones are. And yeah, 
you know, I'm, I haven't read any of that yet because, again, I'm one of those people that I need to start at the beginning and I need mm. to finish what I've started kind of thing. And, you know, we, we've got, well, we just got through issue 39. We've got about 20-something more issues to go because this series ends at 55, which is fine. And, again, like we said huh. earlier, maybe it was sales, maybe it was this, maybe it's just the fact that comic companies want that number one money because, you know, oh, yeah. we, between DC and Marvel and, you know, universes restarting every few years and fresh ideas and whatever, it's like, hmm, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, yes, I've read the, the copy for volume 11 and volume 12. I'm still interested to find out. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I was 13 when Power Rangers <laughs> debuted. 13. Yeah. I was 15 when the movie came out and you can see a ugh, somewhat no somewhat bearded TFG and Mike back in 1995 in Florida holding up to his face the Falcon Zord toy and just staring at it and being like, oh, who's that idiot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what would be a cool concept? Mm. Um, and you could use Alpha and or Zordon on this. You know, you do a... Um, Untold Tales of the Grid, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go through. Uh, you can go through all Power Ranger seasons. You can tell mm-hmm. like one-off stories, whatever. But what would be really cool, and I don't know if this would be popular, but if you took a couple of the Super Sentai seasons that right. never would have been made into Power Rangers, and you just make like a one-off story, and you just give them a little bit of background, because yeah. some of them are incredibly hilarious looking. That might be, you know, an entertainment draw in that too. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's an, I, it, you know, it'd be an interesting concept. And if you're already familiar with Power Rangers, I think it might be something that would that would continue. It would get people hooked, and you could tell, uh, you could tell richer stories that way. Again, you make it a one or two, uh, comic arc, nothing major, and you know, just little like backstories that way. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in this that business for a reason. <laughs> it it would be interesting to see how they go ahead and and deal with all of that so that that would be fun to look and at i need a little bit more backstory on rita and zordon because i feel like we went down that path mm-hmm. and then we abandoned it we just stopped because we got a little bit of backstories to where the dragon shield came from obviously it, like we got this whole thing like rita stealing it from her mom Mm-hmm. But then that just ended. Like we quit going down that path, and I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. I want more of. I want a little bit more of this. This was kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, absolutely. Anyway. Anyway. So yes, folks, we have a bunch of stuff coming up here inside the pull bag. 2021 is probably going to be our biggest year yet here inside this podcast. Coming up next, uh, Steve and I will be covering Beast Wars, Transformers Beast Wars number four and five. This is the middle arc of the first story, middle part of the arc of the first storyline. In July, Transformers grow there. Uh, Transformers, Ghostbusters, Ghosts of Cybertron, that crossover will do that. Hopefully JT will join me for that. And like I said earlier, later on in the year, most likely October, November, whenever it is, looks like November. Jesse, obviously Jesse and I will have to pre-record some of this because heaven forbid we we interrupt Tom Turkey Month. Ah, uh, you know, 
Oh, uh, we're just sitting around talking. We can do it. I'll eat. Yeah. I'll eat as we talk. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you really want to do more than eat on a podcast, folks. Trust me. I, I've had to edit myself out recently eating. I've caught myself eating during the, no, uh, but but like I said earlier, uh, Power Rangers Pink, which is the Kimberly story, Psychopath, uh, and Sins of the Future, which I'm actually going to have to send to you via Facebook so you can see what it is. So you can go mm-hmm. grab that. Sins of the Future is going to be interesting because it is a time force story, and we are currently in the year, and this is so sad. Um, <laughs> it's been 20 years since Time Force has been on television. <laughs> 2021 to 2001. I feel like I read that. It might have been a bit. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. So I'll. I'll it's so going to be fun. Maybe it was on my list, and uh, I don't have quite the uh, emotional attachment to Time Force that you do, but yeah. I do enjoy it. But I do enjoy it. Yeah, I. You know, it's just one of those things where I get attached to certain seasons, and so like. Time Force at the time when it premiered, debuted, it was brand new. It was like there was no, there was no Gold Ranger, there was no White Ranger, there mm-hmm. was no like it was its own thing. Whereas there was, you know, there was just another weirdly Red Ranger for whatever reason. <laughs> oh well, it, he's a descendant of the of the future. So that that's the thing with Time Force. It's time travel. It, it's ah. it's you know it's them going from i think the year 3000 back to 2001 mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a good series and it's a good yeah. like it's a good comic to really finish off what should have been done in the series 20 years ago anyway well i'll give it a go and we'll talk yep where can the people find you online sir if they would like to do so Oh, you can find me lots of places. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Rass, one S at the end, J-E-S-S-E-R-A-S. I'm on Instagram. You can follow me there. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Snapchat. I'm probably everywhere else. So yeah. uh, He's on MySpace. He's on uh, whatever came before MySpace. <laughs> uh, people in, you know, handwritten letters. Yeah, yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe he's on Face Mash. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> That's cutting deep, folks. All right. Make your great escape into comics. You'll hear all of our contact info in the outro of the show. As always, we will catch you next time here inside the pull bag when we get beastly with Transformers Beast Wars from IDW. You've just heard the latest episode of The Pull Bag, the GCRN's first comic review and discussion podcast. There are several ways to get in touch with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on the episode and all of our different podcasts. You can rate and leave a review for the show on iTunes. Be sure to leave us feedback. Become a fan of us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thepullbag. Send us an email, feedback at geekcastradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at thepullbag and at geekcastradio. So until next time, make your great escape into comics and unleash the geek in you.